Welcome to Thriller Vault, where thriller writers tell their favorite stories. Tonight, Roy Robson will tell you a creepy and shocking story about a budding serial killer. Virtually lost. Me? Nervous? Yeah, sure. I usually am. But please don't say I'm clinically insane, or that I have mental health issues. I hate it when they say that. The bulimia hasn't destroyed my senses, it's sharpened them up. I'm smart, not crazy. After all, I spent years honing my knowledge. I've seen everything that the world has to offer. Sitting here in my room, I have access to everything that exists in heaven, on earth, and in hell. So how can I be off my head when I know so much? Listen, I'm going to tell you something about myself. It's a story that might shock you. But please pay attention to how calm I am, how in control I am. Then you can decide my level of sanity for yourself. Mental health issues? Don't make me laugh. Oh, sorry about that. I almost swore. I never used to swear. I picked it up from the hardcore porn I've been watching. You probably think us 14-year-old girls are so impressionable. So I'll make sure I'll cut the bad language out. Prove to you how in control I am. Where did the idea come from? I don't know. I've watched so many videos in my young life, it must have got embedded without me noticing. You know, the subconscious psyche and all that. But it kept coming up in my mind. And then in my dreams. There was no hate involved. Every week, everything was completely rational. The old woman had never upset me, never insulted me. I didn't want to steal anything from her, why would I? I've already told you. I have everything. I need here in my room. Access to every possible experience after I have to put my goggles on. I can go anywhere. I can do anything. Oh, if only you'd see me. How I operated out there in the real world. How I conducted myself with grace, courage and wisdom. I once spent a week doing a course on self-improvement that taught me how to act in the world. How to get what I want. I followed it up by immersing myself in the world of the ancient Stoics. They taught me how to concentrate only on things that I could control. What life lessons they gave me, those ancients. Chatting with Seneca, Marcus Aurelius and all the rest. They knew their stuff and I really listened to those guys. They educated me, made me understand how to concentrate on the important things. Be certain of your judgment, strike in the present moment. That's what they said. Such great advice. That's when I decided to kill the... Bitch. Oh, sorry, I nearly swore again. I really am going to have to stop allowing all that pornography to influence me. So why did I select her, the old lady that never did me any harm? I think it was something about the way she looked at me. I ventured outside recently to show my face to the world. That's when I saw her, sitting outside her house in the sunshine. She had eyes that seemed to see right through me, as if she knew me. She was judging me, perhaps because I have red hair, or because I'm thin, or because I wear steel cap boots. Nobody should judge anybody these days. We live in enlightened times. So I decided she had to go. I decided that I would strike to free myself from the eye of judgment. You fancy me crazy, I know you do. But I went about my task with such a plum, such cleverness. I planned it in detail. I covered my tracks. I taught myself about fingerprints and DNA and how to open locked doors. I brought plastic gloves and a scarf to cover my hair in preparation, hardly the actions of someone with mental health issues. You must agree. And I went out more. I spoke to her twice 
the week before I killed her. I was so gentle, so charming. Nobody who saw me treat her with such kindness would ever suspect me. Then I went to watch her every night for a week. I used my new skills to open the door and sneaked into her house. Once inside, I reached for my phone and turned on the torch. I'd noticed she always closed her curtains tightly at night, so no one could see any escaping light. How clever I am. I crept around the house slowly, so as not to disturb her sleep. I checked what knife she had and made my selection. A chef's knife, a sharp curved blade about eight inches long, useful for a full range of tasks, from dicing vegetables to butchering poultry. Then I went to her bedroom. Slowly, slowly I opened the door that first night. The hinges creaked, but I kept my nerve. She was in a deep sleep and didn't wake up, even when I shone my phone upon that face of judgment. It was old and wrinkled with ugly, decaying crinkles where death lurked in the folds. I stood watching her in total silence, listening to the beating rhythm of her heart. How fragile she was. I felt an unsettling sense of awe and horror about what I was planning, and a mournful sigh escaped from my mouth. After that first night, well, I went to speak to her the following morning. Oh, the thrill to know I had some real power out there in the actual world. It was exhilarating. She knew nothing of me or what I'd done as I talked with her. That's when I discovered something amazing, something the virtual world hadn't taught me. The real world is more stimulating, more potent and more real than the world I live in. I felt more alive than I had when chatting with the ancient Stoics or placing myself as the central character in a porn movie. I wanted the feeling to last. So every night for a week I did the same thing. I entered her house. I crept up her stairs slowly, always so slowly, opened the door and then stood over her. I felt like a god. I have to tell you, I always stopped off in the kitchen to pick up my chosen knife, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't kill her. Maybe I was joying the power thrill of gazing on her judgmental face too much, or perhaps the old, real-world morality stayed my hand. So I just stood there. She wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. On the eighth night, well, fate forced my hand. I made a mistake when my finger slipped on the bedroom door handle and it sprang back with a thud. I heard her rustle in the bed as she sat up. The old woman cried out, Who is there? Are you there? Did she, did she know it was me? Or had her old disapproving brain remembered a lover from long ago come back to make her his own? I don't know. I stood like a statue not daring to move a muscle. But she didn't lie down. She just listened, wondering if the Grim Reaper had come to claim her. For 30 minutes she sat there, wondering. She must have felt the terror. I did. I loved the terror. It was so genuine. She knew something was there. I wondered again if she knew it was me. Just like her to judge me, even when she couldn't see me. Or maybe she wondered if she'd heard a fox rummaging through a bin outside, or a stray cat hissing in the dark. Maybe the thought that it was just a howling wind went through her mind. I don't know. What I do know is that I was shaking with fear, and that I wanted the moment to last. I knew what I was feeling, and I remembered what the ancients taught me about seizing the moment. I understood my mission. And then she groaned, a weary groan, 
a low muted sound that emerged from the very depths of her soul. The groan, I now understand, that you only hear from someone when they know their race is run. Death's black shadow had come for her and enveloped her as she felt the presence of my being outside the door. I told you already that I've seen everything in hell. This was different. I wasn't watching hell unfold from a scene in a macabre virtual reality. I was hell. I pushed open the door. Oh, you should have seen me. It was the moment I had prepared for. The moment that would set me free from judgment. I had waited so long for this. The moment when I would step out of the virtual and truly take my place in the physical world. I held a knife above her helpless frame. Her final stare made me furious and chilled me to the core. How dare she judge me now at the moment of her death? How dare she stare at me with pity in her eyes when it is her who should be pitied? And yet, and yet I still refrained from plunging the knife into her heart. That would have been the action of a mad person, but I controlled my fear and fury, remained calm, a true stoic. I held my breath and returned her stare. I could hear the hellish beating of her heart go faster, faster, louder, louder. Me? Nervous? Of course I was. What same, what same person wouldn't be, right? In the dark of the night, amid the terrible silence between us, who amongst us would not be gripped by terror? And then I fell upon her. For many minutes the knife raised itself above my head and plunged back into her, like a fighter in a video game. But I wasn't in the game anymore. I was here. I was present. I had done it. She was dead. I calmed down and inspected the corpse. I dwelt upon her face. Wounds had punctured both her eyes. She would stare upon me no more. I dropped the knife and fled. When I got home, I felt light, happy, free. But I continued to show great presence of mind. I put my scarf and gloves in the plastic bag I had ready and placed it under my bed. Nobody would ever suspect me. No one would ever come to search my room. I cleansed myself with a shower and then fell into a deep sleep. It's been ages since I slept so well. Six hours. I usually only have two because I spend most of the night watching videos. I only woke up because of all the commotion after someone found the body. I looked out of my bedroom window. It was a frenzied scene. Police cars and police officers everywhere. I felt in control. I had triumphed. That was a week ago. I don't feel so good now. The bitch has got back inside my mind. I hadn't expected this. I, I think about her all the time. The ancients told me I must learn to control my own thoughts, but I just can't keep her out of my head. And the bag under my bed, well, I do not go near it. When darkness comes, I can hear the bag rustling. I can feel her presence, her disapproval. Not of me killing her, I, I don't think she much cared about that, but her disapproval of me of who I am. She's haunting me. Last night was the worst. I tried to sleep with the pillow over my head in case she appeared. I was too terrified to look, but I knew she was there, staring at me through empty eye sockets, feeling the terror of her last moments and reflecting it back on me, listening to my heartbeat as she passed her final judgment. What's that? There are people knocking on the door. I better look. My mum's answered it. The police are coming to my house. They could never suspect me. I was too clever, too thorough. Must be routine questions. But they're coming upstairs. Why? They're opening my door. 
No, the bag under my bed. It's moving. Oh my God, she's in there. I can feel her. I can sense her hollowed out eyes watching me through the bag. Oh, officer, help me. Save me. I can hear her. Can you hear her? Can you hear her beating heart? The end. I hope you enjoyed the story. If so, please check out Roy Robson's work at RoyRobsonAuthor.com. He writes gritty crime thrillers. If you sign up for his mailing list, he'll send you a free novel or maybe even two. Thank you so much for watching and or listening to Thriller Vault. I hope to see you next Saturday for another thrilling story.